What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the Tuesday episode of All Canadian. We are back to two episodes this week. Hope you all enjoyed your long weekend. Got a bunch of stuff coming up on the episode today. We're going to go through our usual news and notes. Going to get into some Wade's wagers. And then we have some U Sports predictions. We're going to go through some conference predictions. Mitchell Bowl, Utech Bowl, year-end winners. Full U Sports show coming up today. But, uh... Wade, man, how'd you enjoy the long weekend? Bit of time off. It was nice to have a break, relax a little bit, crack some sawdust cities. Shout out to my barber, Jeff, back in Brockville. It was a long wait, but it was worth the wait. I went in the first morning he opened. I went in 15 minutes before he's supposed to open. He had had a lineup outside his shop from 5.30 on. So on Friday morning, I joined the old guys at 5.30 in the morning got my appointment for the day, came back, got my hair cut. That's all that matters. We can start getting our hairs nicely trimmed up and ready to rock and roll for the summer when we're going to have CFL football. If anybody in this room needed to wait at 5.30 in the morning to get a haircut, it was me. Definitely not you. I should be out there at 5.30. I'm getting long and bad. Yours wasn't even that bad. Yeah, Jealous. I've been waiting to go see my barber and it was time to go. So on that note, we're going to move towards our U Sports news and our CFL news, just like we are ticking down day by day, getting closer to players showing up for training camp in the CFL, game starting, and because of that, we're able to get some U Sports football as well this year. We did miss last week the RSEQ schedule, so we will get to that in our news and notes. But for now, we'd just like to remind you guys that Sawdust City Brewing Company offers brewery fresh beer delivered directly to your door. Visit their website at sawdustcitybeer.com to shop their wide variety of brews and to learn more. This July, celebrate Canada Day. Ring in the 4th of July if you're an American living in Canada. Go over, get our exclusive promo code extended for another month because you guys are so great with it. Use CFP during checkout, all caps, to receive free shipping over on all orders over $100. Shipping is available to Ontario residents only, must be of legal drinking age. And Fox 40, the Canadian Football Perspective Podcast Network, is brought to you by our friends at Fox 40, the worldwide leaders in whistle technology. For all those products like the Trilayer Whistle Mask, the Whistle Gator, and the Electronic Whistle, visit fox40shop.com and while you're at the checkout enter the code cfp15 for 15 percent off all of your return to play whistle needs they'll hook you up they got some great products as we are returning to football returning to play and returning to the rseq and with the rseq they don't have to divide their conference because of size key games though you know it's going to be a big tilt Saturday, September 18th at 7 p.m. Laval Rouge or hosting the Montreal Carabin. Later on in the year, though, we're going to get a good matchup, I feel like, between McGill and Sherbrooke. We're going to play on the 9th of October, their second matchup for this year. Um... I'm excited for these games. We are. And then, of course, 
we come down the stretch. It's going to be Carabin hosting the Laval Rouge or October 24th, a week before the playoffs begin. That one could decide a lot of playoff seeding, and it could shake out who we end up seeing come out of the conference. An interesting note, too, about the RSEC returning. They're starting in August, unlike the OUA, and they're going to be running a full eight-game schedule. So that's a little bit different than what we're doing here in Ontario in the OUA. Different provinces, different protocols. Just very happy to have U Sports football back. And I think it's not the Montreal Carabins, it's not the Laval Rouge or, but I think the team that I'm most excited to watch this year in the RSEQ is the Concordia Stingers. I want to see if they can make that jump. It's going to be tough without Adam Vance. I know we were pretty high on Vance, but unfortunately he has aged out before he was not like Josiah Joseph at Calgary. So no Vance, but you still have a great young roster building there with the Stingers. Can they make the jump, or will the McGill Redbirds, new name alert, will the Redbirds be able to slide into that third spot and maybe push someone and cause an upset in the playoffs? We will have to wait and see. In my GM mode, I'm really hoping that those Redbirds can make that push, and I'm going to do my absolute most to get them there. And on that, we go into our news and notes. Coach Orlando Steinauer starting out in Hamilton, insisting there will be a QB competition. Dane Evans last season took the Ticats the distance, but we all know that Jeremiah Masoli is that bad man in black and gold. I, I don't think there's much of a competition. It's going to be Masoli. It's just how healthy he is coming back, but he's got an extra year under his belt to come back from that knee injury. I think it's a no-brainer. Yeah, I think it's got to be Masoli. No disrespect to Dane Evans. Just happens that... You know, he's the he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league if he's on a different team. Unfortunately, he's on the Hamilton Tiger Cats where they also have Jeremiah Masoli. I think this this QB competition, so to speak, is more of just to get those competitive juices flowing. Uh, but yeah, no no disrespect to Dane Evans, but I think Jeremiah Masoli is going to be the day one starter for the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Now, week 12 starter, we could have another Masoli injury. Dane Evans could come back in, but... Like Connor said, day one, it's all Jeremiah Masoli all the time for the Ticats. Red Blocks, though, they don't get the luxury of such competitions at certain spots. They are down their two centers. Alex Matias announcing he is retiring. Alex Fontana will sit out 2021. Yikes. That is not a good look. Yeah, that's a tough look for the Ottawa Red Blacks. They just brought in Matt Nichols, and you're going to want to do your damnedest to keep that guy standing upright so he can sling it downfield. And without a true number one center, that's going to be tough. Where it's going to be even tougher is communication off the snap. Will we see some miscommunication? Will we see some drop balls? Will we see some snaps at the feeder over the head? We don't know who's coming into play center for the Ottawa Red Blacks as of now. Wade and I were talking about this off air. Maybe they go and reach out and get a depth center from somewhere else in the CFL. We both thought going and reaching out to the BC Lions to see if Andrew Pearson, friend of the show, was available might not be a terrible idea. But uh, it, it's going to be tough for those Ottawa Red Blacks at the center position as of Tuesday, July 6th. And with the Pearson thing, don't get us wrong. There are really good 
Like, they have a lot of options. But with Pearson, you're getting a guy that is experienced, has games started at center. He knows what it's like to come in and compete off the bench, so he's quick to pick up a system and a scheme. Plus, because of where he is situated in the BC Lions depth chart, you can probably get him for, for pretty cheap. You don't have to give up too much in trade compensation. And you know he's a veteran presence in a locker room who is great for your community. Why not add that? That's just an extra plus. Alongside, possibly, Andrew Pearson, Nolan McMillan will play. Alongside the Matias announcement, there's a little tag that said McMillan might want to retire as well. He quickly came out and said, no, no, I'm in. I'm ready to go. So they do have two, for sure, stout offensive linemen in Mark Cordy and Nolan McMillan. Who fills out the interior center? We don't know yet, but for the Red Blacks, the clock is ticking. Some more news coming out of Ottawa. Another signing, not an offensive lineman, but somebody who can come in and block given the opportunity. Mitchell Raper, the fullback from the Carlton Ravens, was cut before he even saw a training camp field with the Edmonton Elks. The Ottawa Red Blacks go out and pick him up. I think this is just a, a depth play, but it's nice to see a Raven back at home, even though he is a Raven. Yeah, and they picked up Daniel O'Mara as well, former Ravens offensive lineman. So, it, like you said, it's nice to see the team sticking with their local schools and kind of bringing in those guys. Obviously, they re-signed Nate Bahar last week as well. I, I really like that Ottawa's trying to keep it local, keep it at home. It draws extra eyes, extra fans in because they've seen these guys in the city already. For the love of God, can we please get Nate Bahar in the slot? Yes. Look who's not there anymore. Brad Sinopoli. This is Nate Bahar's spot. Put him in the slot. Let him crack down on linebackers. Let him get underneath. Let him get over the middle. Let him work his magic in the place that got him drafted in the first instance. He lived in the slot at Carlton. This is why he was such a dominant receiver is because he could do so much from that spot. CFL, let's go. Auto Red Blacks, coach it up. It's time. Nate Bahar in the slot. Let's roll. Broke my heart out of the slot as well. On some more retirement news, though, Saskatchewan offensive lineman Brendan Labatt will be sitting out the 2021 season. This is a huge blow to the Riders' offensive front as well. So offensive line blows all over the league right now, and this one's absolutely massive. Cody Fiardo expected to make a big jump in 2021. Not having Labatt there to keep him upright, keep him standing, keep him from getting sacked is going to hurt. And right now, Fiardo is the betting favorite to win MOP. Uh, the Saskatchewan news, though, rookie Nelson Lacombo rocking the sweet 21. Any DB knows 21's the number to be wearing. He's going to be given a shot to start right away in training camp. Not usually something you see from a, a rookie DB, especially a guy that's going to be playing out on the corner like he is. I, I'm excited for Lacombo. I think he's going to make a lot of this opportunity. Uh, I don't know if he starts day one, but I feel like halfway through this season, maybe he's progressed enough to the point where he takes over that starting role, never looks back. Yeah, Saskatchewan's got a lot of Canadians on the back end of their defense in their secondary. I like that they're giving Lacombo a look right away. They're going to toss him in and say, hey, how do you do against some of the best in the league? He's going to be going up against some of the best in the league 
in Shaq Evans, Kyram Moore. There's going to be a lot of damn good wide receivers that he's going to be matched up on in camp. So this is kind of a, a prove-it look for the Riders. And if he can prove it, he's definitely going to be given some opportunity. I expect we see him on some specials early. And like you say, maybe somewhere down the line in 2021, maybe it's game five, maybe it's game three, maybe it's game 11, we could see Lacombo be a starter for the Riders' defense. One guy he might have to cover in the Banjo Bowl that is Cameron Meredith, former Chicago Bear receiver, yet also played with the New Orleans Saints. He signed with the defending Grey Cup champions. God, that's uh, the rich getting richer, I think. Meredith has a lot of top-end speed. He showed some great promise downfield, but plagued with some drops in the NFL. Hopefully that can correct itself with the extra year off, but that is someone that I would love to see match up on a CFL field getting a full run-up from the Weigel. Yeah, you said it best. The rich get richer. Zach Kolaros has yet another weapon to target downfield. But, as does Nick Arbuckle or McLeod Bethel-Thompson, Nick Arbuckle, whoever's going to be the starter in Toronto. Ricky Collins Jr. back in the CFL. Leaving the Edmonton Elks, now signs with the Toronto Argonauts. They've already got Eric Rogers and Juwan Breskison, so they're looking pretty loaded at the wide receiver position in Toronto, not to mention Dejan Brissett, who is their number two overall pick in 2020. It's going to be a, a lot of fireworks coming out of the Guelph, uh, Guelph Griffin Stadium as they open up their training camp shortly. Guys are in quarantine right now. Dejan Brissett's having a tough go with his Therabands, but it'll all work out. They will get on the field, and this is going to be one heck of an offense to see pieced together day in, day out. I mean, if you're a coach and you see his story, though, and he's trying to do tricep extensions and snaps the band, he was looking pretty good, looking pretty big. Uh, unfortunate one for Dejan there. Maybe they're going to have to send him a care package with some new bands in there, but we'll see. Do you think these Argos are going to be real? Are they going to be show? What are we going to see? Because they have a loaded roster defensively and offensively now. I think it's going to be a building process throughout the year. They're going to start off slow. They're going to hear it from the fans. They're going to hear it from the Twitter beer where you're hearing, oh, we spent all this money. How come you're not doing too hot? Then they'll slowly start to pick it up. And then once all those players get gelled together, they're more comfortable in the system. You're going to see them really take off towards the end of the year. And that's where they're going to be dangerous. But at that point, there could be injuries. There could be other players coming out from other teams, trades, signings, cuts. Who knows what could happen by the time we reach that point in the season. But I think it's looking like they're going to build up as we go through. If you are a degenerate gambler like myself, your ears kind of perk up when you hear, oh, they can make a late push. Maybe take them as a dark horse team. We'll see. We'll see. Some retirements coming out of Toronto, though. Nick Shorthill, Nelkis Cuemo, both retiring. However, they're expected to land on the suspended list so that Toronto can retain their rights and bring them back if they so choose to come back to the CFL. It's, uh, Elkis Quinn was a tough special teams loss for the Argos. Uh, Short Hill, they'll miss both those guys on the field. Um, but what about these retirements? We've seen a lot of COVID-19 related retirements. Is it because the protocols the CFL has put in place are too strict? I mean... You can't even go out and grab a dinner for takeout if you're the visiting team. Like if if you go to Ottawa and you're staying right down in Lansdowne, 
you can't walk down to local heroes or jock osters or the craft beer market walk in grab a takeout container and go back up to your hotel room they won't let you it's not allowed it's pretty stringent especially if you're double vaccinated it seems like it's a bit overkill um what do you think of these protocols it's tough. Like I, I'm very thankful that we have the league back, that we are going to get to watch CFL football in Canada this summer. But that being said, everybody else in the country is moving forward. Everybody else in the country is progressing. Vaccination rates, when you look at them, are sky high. We are around, or in some cases, over where we should be. Many people now, we're coming into July, and a lot of people are getting double vaccinated up to this point. I know now we both have them, so that's great. But these CFL protocols are, are really strict. Like To me, you can't interact with anybody else off the field other than the guy that you're living with. So that would mean you and me see each other 24 hours a day if we were in the CFL. I mean, you can't hang out with anybody. Let's say your best friend's a wide receiver. You can't go hang out with him and play Xbox and relax like you might want to. I, I don't know. Maybe they need to look at what the NFL is doing in terms of having a set of rules for those that are vaccinated, double vaccinated, and a set of those and a set of rules for those who are unvaccinated. They modified the quarantine period for CFL players to come back. The Jays are now talking about coming back at the end of July, but we have this almost ridiculously strict set of CFL protocols. It just seems that as as Canadian society is progressing through COVID, the CFL is staying a little bit stagnant in kind of implementing the lockdown restrictions that we saw when COVID was first exploding in the country. I, I see what you're talking about, but on a CFL level from the head down, you've missed football for a year and a half. If there's any chance that teams can start spreading the virus, you want that eliminated. And as a result, unfortunately, it comes down to these almost seems draconian laws. Like, at least whenever we were under lockdown, I could go fill up my car with gas and not feel like I'm breaking a bunch of rules because I had to drive from the stadium. Maybe I stopped at Tim Hortons, got a morning coffee, got gas, and then went back to my apartment or went back to the stadium like that that feels like it's too much but at the same time they are so desperate to get the season in it's understandable why they put in these restrictions to start there's nothing that says they can't change them as we go forward no i agree i i i agree i mean we're getting cfl football we are going to have a season this year it's gonna be amazing to watch i just feel bad for these players that have to come in and watch the world around them kind of open up and people can like everyday people can do whatever they want and you know go get a bite to eat or whatever but you know they're kind of watching from the window that being said they they were made aware of this they knew what these restrictions were going to be and this is their job and their likelihood and their livelihood so if they want to play football as of right now these are the rules that you have to follow are they strict yes but it is meant to keep the league up and playing as we kind of come out of COVID. So, I, I mean, there's arguments to be made for both sides. It's just, you know, when you see all these retirements, it's a little bit tough to, it's tough to see. I mean, you, you never want to see good players five years into their career retire. No, it's tough to look at, but we've got to move on just like the CFL has with or without those guys. And that brings us to our Wade's wagers. I've been 
decent so far in the Euros. I, I liked Italy from the beginning, but I, I said to pick Belgium as the winners. Italy, though, came out of nowhere. 2-1 win. It was the first goal they'd conceded all tournament. Now they go up against Spain in the semifinals. Right now, Italy's plus 147 to win that. I'm, I'm saying take it. Spain's coming in off penalties against Switzerland. Italy beat Switzerland 3-0 in the group stage. Like I said, Gigi Donnarumma has been on fire in that for the Italians. He's given up one goal so far in five games, four clean sheets. He is living right now in the net. I'm going to take Italy in the first one, and then in the second game, I'm going to take England minus 135. The captain, Harry Kane, and then the young guy, Jack Grealish, coming in off the bench late. They've been connecting. I think it's end of the run for the Cinderella Denmark team. So, Euro recap, Italy plus 147, England minus 135 in their semifinal games. And then... Before we go to the next pick, though, I got one big question. Are you nervous about rocking with your dogs? Italy, I mean, that's your team. Are you nervous about betting on your own team? That would scare the hell out of me. I didn't bet on the Detroit Lions all season. I mean, I know they were going to lose every game, <laughs> but I didn't bet on the Lions like at all just because I was so scared I was going to mush it. I, I don't know. I mean, I the last time I gambled on one of my teams, I picked Baltimore to cover a three-and-a-half points spread. They ended up winning by three points. I mean... You pushed it. They No, I lost the bet. I didn't win any money. But, uh, <laughs> but on that, they still won. And to be honest, with Italy... Uh, I've been quite surprised with how well they've played. I mean, against Belgium, I was just sitting at the edge of my seat, just were like speechless. I I couldn't believe it. So I'm going to go with them. I'm gonna I'm gonna put my confidence in the guys. Um, I'm I'm excited. It's it's gonna be good. They've got all the yellow cards reset, so they can't get some guy a single card and taken off. Uh. I, I'm really excited for the semifinals. The Euros is coming down. It, unfortunately, we don't have the France or the Germany or Belgium now, the top-end teams that are left. But, I mean, Spain, Italy, Denmark have all been a pleasant surprise to this point. England, I think everyone expected to make it at least this far. But, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Italy. I'm going to go with England. And then uh, we'll see how they look in those games. And I'll maybe make a gamble on it for uh, Thursday. All right, take us to some NBA Finals actions. Suns, Bucks. Easy one. Phoenix Suns at home, six points. No Giannis Antetokounmpo. Take Phoenix. I feel like the home crowd's going to be electric. They're going to be able to cover out on Chris Middleton a lot better. They've got great 3 and D guys like Mikel Bridges and Jay Crowder. DeAndre Ayton is going to be able to handle Brooke Lopez outside, inside. I feel like that was a huge aspect for Milwaukee just having too much size over Atlanta and then of course you've got Devin Booker sitting there just scoring his you know 28 27 just slowly putting in points Chris Paul I feel like he's gonna rise the occasion I'm liking Phoenix overall in the series but game one six point spread Suns Suns in four as always though those lines are provided to you by bet nine nine we are responsible gambling Every game starts at Bet99. If you want to head over, sign up with the code CFP. 100% of your initial deposit will be matched up to $600. Go and sign up. Use the cash wisely on 
any of those three bets, but I am not accountable for if you lose any of those three bets because I am not confident in them myself. I am not a professional gambler. I just do this for fun. But still going to take Phoenix, Italy, and England in their upcoming matches. All right, let's get to it. The main event, moment you've all been waiting for. U Sports Football. We're back. All four leagues back in action. Both of us breathing massive sighs of reliefs. And we are going to give you some U Sports predictions. We're giving you the AUS final, the RSEQ final, the OUA final, Cam West, Mitchell Bowl, UTech, Vanier. We're running it through. We differ on some, we agree on some. And we've got some pretty fun Vanier matchups to look forward to. But let's start it off. Conference finals. East Coast all the way to West Coast. We always try and do one way towards the end. Acadia, going to repeat. They're going to go into the finals. This time they're going to play against the Bishops Gators. Bishops joined the AUS a couple years ago from the Quebec Conference. They've been slowly growing ever since. Each year we've seen an improvement. I think this year they've pushed through. They get to the Loney Bowl. Acadia, though, going to be too much experience, too much to handle at home against Bishops. They are going to represent the AUS in the national semifinals. I do like what Bishops is building. Moving out of the RSCQ and into the AUS is probably one of the smartest decisions that they have made in recent years. My one question for Acadia, because I do think that Acadia is going to be the top program in the AUS this year. But my question with Acadia, who's running the ball? Estabrooks. Who's throwing the ball? No clue. <laughs> Figure it out when we get there. But I think with Estabrooks, you're going to have the coaching staff that's been there, been to the pinnacle of AUS football. That experience alone is going to prove huge. They've had two years of knowing that these guys aren't going to be here, so they've had time to get ready and the guys coming back are just going to be that much better. So I'm excited. Acadia is going to be a good team. I, I don't think they're going to be as good as last year, um, but I still have them coming out of the AUS. I think that Bishops has the defense to make the stops that they need to make, but I don't know if they have the offense to capitalize on those opportunities, which is why both of us have Acadia moving on in this year's 2021 U Sports Mitchell Bowl. So we will head to the Quebec Conference now. What do we got? Laval Revenge Tour, Montreal taking it through, Concordia sneaking in? No, it's going to be a Laval Rouge or Revenge Tour this year. As much as I do love my caravans, a lot of their big names are gone. They also had no quarterback at the end of last year. U2M was anchored off that defense, anchored off that offensive line. Now they've got no Pierre-Olivier Lestage. They've got no Marc-Antoine Daquan. They've got... No Ethan McConzo. No Brian Harlemana. Benoit Marion's gone now, too. Like And Retta Crandy may not be there as well. All those names, gone. And you have no quarterback from last year. Maybe someone's came in over the last two years that's going to shock you, but Laval's bringing back guys. We know Glenn Constantine does not like losing... My money's on him to come out of the Quebec final this year. It's going to be a Laval, one game away from hosting a Vanier Cup on their home soil. Glenn Constantine, that's my fantasy team coach. 
That's my fantasy team coach. You're rocking with your guy. You are absolutely rocking with your guy. My thing with Montreal, too, is we saw it in the Vanier Cup. They have a phenomenal defense, but your defense can't keep you in games. And much like I said with Bishops, if they get into an offensive battle, I don't think they can come out with a win. Their defense is damn good. They've always had a really good defensive program, but offense at best has been, you know, mediocre to serviceable the last three, four years. It's won them some games. It's won them. It's gotten to them. It's gotten them to Vanier Cups, but is it going to be enough against Laval, who is going to be built all around this year? I don't think so. And I think you're right. Glenn Constantine's going to have UDM's number. And with that, we move into the biggest conference of all 11 teams divided into two this year, the OUA. For me, though, I'm. it's going to look like it's East-West. I don't think it's going to be this way. Just hear me out on this one. It's going to be Western Mustangs versus the Carlton Ravens in the Yates Cup. Carlton Ravens are going to win the Yates this year. This is my hot take of hot takes for you sports football. Hear me out on this. If we look at the divisions and people want to say the East is easier, okay, so if the East is easier, Carlton should have home field advantage for the majority of the playoffs, which means the better teams from the West are going to have to make one heck of a road trip out to the nation's capital and play at MNP Park, where they face off against Tanner DeYoung, who has a lot of playoff experience. Don't forget, Guelph won on a blocked punt last year because Tanner DeYoung wired the ball downfield and led Carlton into the lead. I feel like they are going to come back. They've added pieces this offseason. The young receivers that were supposed to take over for Phil Iloki and the other guys, they have had all this time to grow, learn with Tanner, get chemistry with Tanner. Coaching staff still great at adjustments in-game. This is all putting together long road trips for teams, Tanner's experience. Carlton Ravens are going to hoist the Yates Cup and represent the OUA. This is my hot take. This is my hot take, but hear me out on it, okay? It stings for you to hear me say that. I I get it, I guess. I don't know. No, I don't. I don't get it. Westerns and you have Western playing Carlton in the finals, which don't get me wrong. I think Carlton in this weird OUA East West split, I think Carlton has every opportunity to come out of the East. They're the best team in the East. And then whenever that they hurt match to say, but the, whenever they match up on crossovers, you got to think like, okay, if they go against uh, McMaster early, they've played tight with McMaster at Mac tons of times before. If they go against a Waterloo, they've played tight against Waterloo at home. Pretty sure they've beaten Waterloo at home. Western, they've beaten Western at MNP Park as well. Like, they, all these teams that we talk about, Carlton having to take down, they have in the last couple of years. But they're also missing some big pieces from those last couple of years as well. They I mean... are. But at the same time, they've got guys like Louis Cavanaugh, Hano Iloki, Phil's younger brother is going to be there. He's going to be that guy this year. You bring in Elaine Simikinda and pair him with Shaheem Charles Brown. That's a good defensive front. I don't know. I can see. I can definitely see Carlton in the Yates, but I don't see them moving past Western. I think Western, with Jackson White this year, with the pieces they have in place, they're going to be too good a football team. And you know the Western Mustangs 
always, always, always have one of the best offensive lines in the entire country. I think that is what is going to be one of the driving forces behind a Western Yates as you have it broken down here. However, I don't even think Western is going to get to the Yates. Not with my picks. And that's weird because last year we saw a McMaster Western Yates Cup. This year, it is impossible for us to see that because of the East-West split. So in my Yates Cup final, I have the McMaster Marauders facing off against Wade's Carlton Ravens. It really, really hurts me to put the Ravens in the Yates Cup over my GGs. Unfortunately, I just don't see it from Ottawa. I think Carlton is going to be the best team in is going to be the best team in the OUA East this year. However, I think McMaster is going to be the best team in the OUA this year, period. They have most of their talent coming back. Dweck is still a quarterback. Justice Allen's still playing running back. All those wide receivers are still there. Josh Cumber is still a damn good DB himself. Yes, they lost Hallett, but I think that Coach Potasic and what he has built at McMaster and the way they're built, they're built for progression they're built for making runs they're built for coming back and doing it over and everything that you said about Carlton having this extended offseason to play together build together learn together grow together rings true for McMaster as well and honestly if you're looking at McMaster right now if you give coach Potasic uh, almost two years to come out and prepare to come back and go to the Yates and win it again with relatively the same amount of collection of talent it's really, really hard to get me to bet against that. So I think McMaster comes out on top. And we're not done with our differences yet. We're going to move into Can West and kind of kick this along. We both got Calgary against Saskatchewan. Two top teams, undoubtedly. Alberta, unfortunately, I think is still a year away, even though I like them to possibly upset someone in the playoffs. But as of right now, we've got Calgary against Sask. This year, though, I say the Saskatchewan Huskies come out on top. Adam Macker got hurt last time out in the Hardy Cup. This year, I think he's just too much to handle. He's going to be out on the edge making people pay for trying to tackle him, and it's going to be tough to stop. Mason Nice gets another year of experience to build on as well. He said it himself. Go back and listen to the episode. We had Mason Nias on, and he said, hey, I take onus of that. I need to get my interceptions down. I had a bunch of touchdowns, but guess what? I also almost led the Can West in interceptions, so I need to make smarter decisions with the football. That's the type of leader you want if you're Scott Flory as well. I, I like the Saskatchewan pick, but I'm, I'm rocking with Calgary here. Again, I think, like you said, Macar is too much to handle. I think the entire Calgary Dinos are too much to handle. You got Jamin Pelly. Josiah Joseph is a damn good quarterback in his own right. We've said it time and time again. He could have gone anywhere he wanted and been a day one starter. The Philpott brothers are there. Robbie Rodriguez is coming back. Uh, I, Matt Lucician on the back end. Yeah, they lost Trishon Abrahams, Webster. Yeah, they lost Dean Leonard. As much as that will make some difference on the back end, I think that you know guys coming in and stepping up are going to be able to do so. They won a Vanier Cup with no... Trayshawn Abraham's Webster on the back end. So this is a really damn good team. And if you get all those offensive linemen coming back as well, plus Grant McDonald coming back, plus Charlie Moore coming back, look out for the Cal Calgary Dinos. So I'm putting Calgary in my 
UTEC Bowl this year. All right, that leaves us with the national semifinals. And here's where we draw some questions. Because Laval has agreed to host the Vanier Cup again. Last time they reached this agreement, there was a stipulation that stated the RSEQ representative would have to play the AUS representative. I believe that this was done so that Laval, if they are going to be hosting the Vanier Cup, they want to be hosting it at their own stadium. And no offense to the AUS, but they see that conference as an easier path to the Vanier. Last year, Montreal almost lost to the AUS, so it's clearly not true. But with them re-upping their deal to host the Vanier, I don't know if it restarts the clock, which would have the OUA playing the AUS this year and Can West at the RSEQ, or if it's staying with the way it has where RSEQ, AUS play, OUA, Can West. So we're going to stick with the same as it was last year, which puts us at Laval Acadia. Laval for me, I believe Connor's the same. Then we go into the UTEC Bowl where it will be the OUA hosting the Can West representative. In my version, that's Carlton hosting Sask. For me though, Sask, this is where Carlton's run ends. I have a feeling Sask comes in. They've made that cross country trek before. Pure business, Adam Macker, it's gonna be something that they have never seen before. And it's going to be tough to stop with very little experience playing against them. Yeah, there is no running back in the OUA that's even comparable to what Adam Macker is able to do for a team. I think Carlton has seen similar players in a guy like maybe Dion Pellerin, but I don't think Dion Pellerin has the athleticism and the all around play style that Adam Macker does because you can line that guy up out wide if you want to, and he's going to make an impact. For me, though, I have a rematch of the 2019 Mitchell Bowl. I've got McMaster playing Calgary. This year, though, they're playing for the UTEC Bowl. Calgary runs it back. I'm really sorry, Mac. I didn't want to do that to you again. But much like you saw with the Adam Sonagra Calgary Dinos, you were going to see that and then some with the Josiah Joseph Calgary Dinos. Because guess what? Josiah Joseph has a set of legs on him, too. He's got the arm, he's got the legs, he's got the weapons around him. I think they have just as good or better a defense as the McMaster Marauders have and better offensive weapons. They're not going to know what to do with either of those Philpot brothers again. Yeah, they've already seen them once. Not going to know what to do. Hallett's gone. Cumber, you can't rely on just Cumber to defend both Jalen and Tyson Philpot. And then on that, we have our Vanier matchups. Laval hosting Saskatchewan and Laval hosting Calgary for Connor. Who takes home your Vanier Cup in 2021? The Calgary Dinos are going to remain the reigning Vanier Cup champs. They are going to hold the 2019 Vanier Cup. They roll it through 2020 because there was no season. Now they're coming in at 2021. And they are going to run it back again. Repeat Calgary Dinos over the Laval Rouge or again with the Quebec Conference. The issue that they always have, except for maybe the the oddity that was Hugo Richard, quarterback play is a detriment in the Quebec Conference. It's not something they tipped their hat on or prided on, but they are always such a good team in the trenches. They're always such good teams defensively. And, you know, they can sling the rock around when they have to. It's just 
whenever you come up against these powerhouses from Canada West, Saskatchewan is going to take my Vanier Cup home too. It's going to stay in the Canada West Conference. I, I cannot stress this enough. Saskatchewan is going to beat teams down when they face them, unlike anything you've seen before. You're going to see it when they have their first matches up against, matchups against teams in Can West. It's going to be physical. It's going to be punching you in the face saying, hey, look, we haven't played in a year and a half. We got some pent-up aggression, some extra time in the weight room, plus Scott Flory's aggressive pulling scheme. It's going to be aggressive downhill running, and that's going to translate whenever they come into the cross-conference matchups. These teams are not going to be able to prepare for the physicality the Huskies' offense brings. You know Scott Flory is going to be absolutely rearing to go this season. I do really like the Saskatchewan pick. I think if this was a different year, I think if the eligibility rules didn't, or sorry, if the eligibility rules didn't roll, maybe Calgary loses a few more guys. I, it definitely is Saskatchewan's for the taking. It still is Saskatchewan's for the taking as well. I'm, I'm, I think in this like slate of hypothetical games that we have run down here. The one that I'm looking forward to the most is Calgary Saskatchewan in the Hardy Cup again. Because it could go either way. So that is where we're at. Again, to run it back, we have the Acadia Axemen taking on the Bishop's Gators. Acadia coming out on top. Laval playing Montreal. Laval coming on top. Wade's got Western Carleton with, with Carleton coming out on top. I've got McMaster Carleton with McMaster coming out on top. Then we have Calgary Sask with I've got Calgary coming out. Wade's got Sask coming out. Vanier Cup. Laval is going to be in it for both of us. Wade's got Sask. I have Calgary. And we both have a Can West winner. To close out the show, though, last segment, we are going to run through the year-end awards and give you guys some predictions on that. Starting with the Ted Morris Memorial Trophy, which will be the MVP of the 2021 Vanier Cup. Oh, you're going to see a trend in these awards because I went all in off of how I thought the season would break down. Adam Mackert, for me, is going to be the Ted Morris. If they get in this game, he is going to dominate. I absolutely agree if they get into the game. However, I have the Calgary Dinos going in. I didn't want to say one or the other, so I just think it's going to be one of the Philpop brothers. Take your pick. You can't, you can't tell them apart on the field. They are too damn similar but equally electric. Good pick for you. Heck, Crichton, though, we kind of agree on this one. You've got to have a strong showing in your conference. Your team has to be in your conference final or moving on, usually, in order to win these awards, which just seems kind of ridiculous that they favor it that much. But either way, Adam Macker is going to take home our Heck, Crichton Award. It's going to be a big season for the Huskies running backs. If that dude can pull out another 2,000-plus all-purpose yard season like we saw in 2018, he's got it locked. He has absolutely got it locked. Adam Mackard is our pick on the season. You might be a little bit upset that it's not Trey Ford. So we'll get you back here with the President's Trophy, the Defensive Player of the Year. And my pick is not Trey Ford because he's not a DB. It's his brother, Tyrell Ford. I think it's his to lose right now. He's regarded as one of the best DBs in the league. We saw Nelson Lacombo win it out of the halfback position in 2019. Similar players, maybe not quite the same. I think Tyrell can do some things that Nelson can't. Nelson can do some things that Tyrell can't. But nonetheless, I'm expecting a big year from Tyrell Ford. Yeah, I'm going to stick with you on this pick as well. I, I just feel like his speed, his 
ball abilities. It's going to be a lot for teams to overcome. And heading into the season, he's got to be the favorite for this award. I like his ability to return as well. I know it's a defensive award, but the more you can do, the more you get noticed. JP Metris trophy hand to the most outstanding down lineman. Connor mentioned him a bit earlier. The big man in the middle for the Calgary Dinos, Jamin Pelly, I think can take this home. We've seen guys like Cam Lawson take it in previous years. It's just that big presence that you have in the middle. You demand the double teams, the triple teams, and you still ruin plays for offenses. You still crush in on gaps. You get to the quarterback. If it's just pressures or sacks, it does not matter. You are there making a presence. I think Jamin Pelly is going to have that this year with Calgary, and it's going to be on display for the whole country. And for all you out there that might start typing in his name and going down the U Sports stat list, and saying, oh, but the stats, oh, but the film doesn't lie. Go watch it. Yeah, he doesn't show up on the stat sheet a whole lot, but that's because he's an absolute game wrecker. Teams are too worried about what the hell he's doing and about how to stop him from getting in the backfield that it opens up everybody else around him. Jamin Pelly is an absolute F-the-play-up guy, so it's going to Jamin Pelly for us, the Peter Gorman Rookie of the Year. This was a hard one for us to nail down. Rookie classes are always hard to nail down. You just don't know who's going to show up on any given game day. For us, though, this is a big if. But if he starts, we can foresee Alex Vreekin from Queens winning this award. He's going to step in if he starts. He's going to step in. He's very athletic. He's a six foot two quarterback. Hell of an arm on him. One of the best young quarterbacks in Canada. Alex Vreekin, if he starts for me, and Wade, I believe, too, is going to be the Rookie of the Year. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's my pick, certainly, as well. But they have two quarterbacks at Queens in James Keenan, Ryan LeCandro, who split time last year. I don't know if Coach Schneider wants to split time again with his guys. But if he does, it'll be Keenan and Vreekin, I think. Vreekin's going to show up. And if they start winning off of Vreekin, I could see him just going to the young quarterback and that is where he wins the Peter Gorman Award because he would be a heck of a talent to be starting. Last but not least, though, Frank Tindall, Coach of the Year. We both have Saskatchewan making it to the Hardy Cup. I have them going the distance. Connor has them stopping there. But either way, it's going to be one heck of a year for Coach Scott Flory. He's going to take home the Coach of the Year. Everything he's done, everything he's built with the Saskatchewan Huskies, I think is going to be culminated in this year. I think the Huskies are going to have a damn impressive season. And I definitely see Scott Flory walking away with the Coach of the Year award on this one. We are doing this one in a confined space. The air is off. We are getting hot. So we are going to head out. But not before we bring you a word from our wonderful sponsor, Sawdust City, who offers brewery fresh beer delivered directly to your door. Visit their website at sawdustcitybeer.com to shop their wide variety of brews and to learn more. This July, CFP listeners are getting an exclusive promo code. Use CFP during checkout to receive free shipping on all orders over $100. Shipping is available to Ontario residents only. Must be of legal drinking age to get your hands on some of that delicious Mojito IPA beer. And as always, the Canadian Football Perspective Podcast Network is brought to you by our friends at Fox 40, the worldwide leaders in whistle technology. For 15% off all your return-to-play whistle needs, 
Visit fox40shop.com and enter the code CFP15 for 15% off all the products like the Tri-Layer Whistle Mask, the Whistle Gator, and much more. As always though, Connor O'Neill, Wade Zanketa, you know where to find us on socials, at Connor R. O'Neill, at Wade Zank, at CF Perspective, on all your forms of social media. We'll see you Thursday. Enjoy the Tuesday slate of sports.